Hey guys, this is Don Airy from Deep Purple and you are listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. It's been a pleasure. You're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 68, Deep Purple Whoosh Part 1. And coming to you from the whoosh-tastic late-night suburbs of Chicago, I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. And coming to you from Providence, Rhode Island, John Stiletto Matola. Stiletto? I couldn't get through it. Yeah. So was, was the stiletto heel invented in, in Rhode Island? <laughs> That's what it made me think of. That's why I'm laughing. It's got to be Italian so, or something, right? So 80s. No, the first the first torpedo boat stiletto was built in 1887 in Bristol. 1887. They were shooting off torpedoes in 1887. Yeah, I guess. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, uh, no stiletto heels though. I was like, I was just picturing a reaction of just like stiletto heels. <laughs> <laughs> stiletto. Well, I know they had that. That do they still have that Russian sub? Remember they had that Russian sub in 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 Providence. And then it like, I think um, it, it, it sank. <laughs> it was like, so it was like a museum. They had like a, a, a rep. Well, that wasn't a replica. It was an actual Russian sub. And they set it up in wherever the hell that is downtown in the water. And, it, and they had it so you could like go on it and check it out. And then just one day it sank. <laughs> so you can't, I think it's, uh, well, um, well, it is a sub. Yeah, I know it's it was yeah, so it's like it was just kind of there for a while, I know. It's a Soviet sub K77. It's a Foxtrot yeah, no. class sub. This is the one, right? I I don't know. Yeah, K77 docked in Providence, Rhode Island. It was a decommissioned. It was in it was in Finland, eBay. They tried to they tried to sell it on eBay. <laughs> oh, our state. Uh, no bids were received. Nobody even made like a, a a fake. Yeah, sinking. Here it is. The submarine sank on April 18th, 2007 after a storm and plans were never made to ra raise it off the river bottom. So the, so it's still just there. Just like hanging, just hanging out. A sunk, a sunken <laughs> Russian sub just hanging out in Providence. Like, what do you know? Oof, that's Madanya. <laughs> so I know how to say in Russian, so... <laughs> Ay caramba. Ay caramba. Ay <laughs> caramba. is very appropriate given today's uh, subject matter. But mm, um, before we get yeah. into that, we would like to, um, this is a very special episode, obviously. This is the first time we're reviewing something. It's, it's, it's late at night. We've just gotten our, our hands on a, a, a fresh copy, fresh off the presses, still warm. Uh, it's actually a digital download. So, um, uh, still warm. So, <laughs> so I even checked out Discogs to see like, oh, do they have information? Information about it so we got nothing we don't know the liner notes or anything we we know some basics about the album but not going to be our normal like here's who did what we know all the musicians on the album so there's not a heck of mm -hmm. a lot to go into in that regard um we know bob ezrin produced it 
beyond that, we don't have any like other than the stuff that's just been kind of put out on social media, no like cool stories or anything. Uh, just that this is their, um, you know, their their latest album just out, and we're gonna have this episode out hopefully um, today, the the day that the album comes out. So um, that's the goal anyway. Despite some stupid computer issues we should uh we should be able to meet that deadline so uh that was our promise to a lot of people is to get this out the day it comes out and this will be our first mm-hmm. look at the album our first uh or listen and uh, other than the the two of the singles that were released i haven't heard anything so i haven't heard any of it at all you didn't listen to the the singles the nope hmm nope i only I had decided the, the first two and then first. i, I yeah, I tried to ignore them, but I just couldn't. So um, I'm good at that. <laughs> I'm good at ignoring things. So, but um, yeah, before we move on, we would like to uh, you know remind you if you want to help support the show, the best ways to do it are leave us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and then also please, please, if you want to support the show, become a patron on Patreon for as little as one dollar a month. You. That's right. You can help support the show and we would really, really appreciate it. Um, speaking of patrons. Oh, my goodness. Once again, he oops, he did it again. Steve Seaborg has created a new tier, the twenty five dollar Super Trooper tier. Uh, these, you know, wow. we keep we keep naming this ultimate tier like super great name. Like if if if. If him and Ryan M fight it out to the hundred dollar range, what are we going to start calling these things? The double, triple, platinum, elite, whatever. I mean, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But thank you so much, uh, Steve, for your continued support. Um, at the twenty dollar Shades of Deep Pockets tier, Ryan M, the fifteen dollar Highball Shooter tier, currently vacant. The turn it up to eleven dollar tier, Alan ain't too proud to beg. At the ten dollar, someone came tier. Heyo, Richard Fusey Hey-o. coming in from PayPal, the tax-free haven of PayPal. Thank you, Richard, for your help and your donations. We really appreciate it. Uh, so there's only one vacant tier now, and that's the $15 tier. At the $5 Moneylender tier, we have Clay Wambacher, Greg Sealby, Frank Teelgard Mortensen, Mike Knowles, John Covery, Convery, sorry, and Heyo! Arthur Smith, new patron oh. alert. Arthur Smith, who we've been in uh, a lot of contact with on the various, uh, God, I think it might be Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, lots of great dialogue. Really appreciate uh, Arthur for his uh, support of the show. Really, really great to see that. And then, whoa, hello, German Heindel, oh. not to be undone. It's like they knew that this week was the. Um, was the whoosh wow. episode everyone just came out of the woodwork to say we want to we got to be in on this show we got to be supporting and helping produce this show during this nice. um, during this uh, amazing time so thank you uh, so much to all of you really really appreciate it then of course we would never ever forget our three dollar tier patrons that's the three dollar nobody's perfect tier um so that coming in at that tier, we've got Peter Gardot, Ian DeRosier, Mark Roback, and Anton Glaving. And of course, the $1 made up name tier. We have Els Murders, Spacey Noodles, The Apparitional, Leaky Mausoleum, and Michael Vader. Thank you so much to all of you. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so we've got, of course whoosh 
just coming out, as we said, and uh, a few people were like, hey, are you guys going to do a you know live stream of the album? I was like, yeah, that sounds really cool. But we don't really know how to do that. So <laughs> we're going to do what we do. And maybe one day we'll figure out how to do. We've been talking about doing like some streams and stuff. We just don't really quite have our act together yet for that. Yeah, I think a live stream would be cool. It'd be great. But we'd have, you know, we also have to kind of have people. You know, we got so many people in the UK that listen, but by the when we record, it's, you know, three or four in the morning there. So that's mm. not great for them. It'd be great for our our East or our American listeners, especially if you're out on the West Coast. It might be timing might work out really well, but um, no, no plans for that just yet. Um, mm. A quick thank you to our brothers of the Deep Dive Podcast Network, Riot Sabbath Buddy Podcast, The Simple Man is Skinner Reconsidered, and Terry T-Bone, Matthew T-Bone's Prime Cuts. Will any of them be able to lie, do a, an album right as it's coming out? Black Sabbath, Ozzy maybe. Well, he just came out with one, didn't he? Yeah. So who knows? But I, I don't know. I think his his days are numbered. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not trying to be. I'm not trying to be funny. I just it sounds like he hasn't been healthy. So no, nah, his health he's has been be doing any more music. Yeah, his, his health has been pretty bad. Um, yeah, and then obviously Skinner. Any anything Skinner's going to be releasing lately? The Simple Man is probably not too into. Although I did like when he on his Christmas episode when he when he dissected some of their things off of their Christmas album. It was pretty awesome. Uh, of the quality level you would expect uh, thanks of course to our patron saint and archivist that is the one the only Yorg Planer thank you so much for your support um, alright so you know this album was uh, one of the many many artistic casualties of COVID-19 <clears throat> it was supposed to be released June 12th and you know it, it you can't help but feel bad for all the people working on this album and working uh, working to bring this album forward because you see the you could see the whole marketing thing gearing up and ratcheting up leading up to this and then they delayed it. You know, they had you know really released a super pixelated version of the cover and then mm -hmm. you know they were just putting all these teasers in and then they had to push everything back and it it unfortunately turned into this kind of anticlimactic thing, which we're seeing happen with so many things, movies and um, all sorts of things. So yeah, June 12th never happened, but August 7th did, and it did uh, get released, which is awesome. Um, so the lineup of the band is, is it's the interesting thing about this is this is the lineup of the band that's had the most album releases now with this release. Uh, mm -hmm. Mark II uh, only released really uh, in their first original Incarnation. They only released the four albums, and then of course the concerto, um, which is debatable if you want to count that or not. But this is five in a row from this lineup. Eighteen years they've been together, which is the longest standing any uh, any incarnation of the band has has been together. Rich on Facebook pointed that out to me the other day, uh, which I thought was you know really cool that that, that they've got five major releases now and. Um, and yeah, that they're, they've been together longer than any other lineup. So awesome stuff. Um, you know, we would normally go through the lineup of the band. I don't think we need to at this point. I think we've covered all of these folks in pretty good detail. Um, the one we've probably covered the least as far as actual music output put is Don Airy, but we've had him on the show, so that's got to count for something. Uh, but, yeah. but we've only covered, I think, one album with Don Airy on it so far. So um so yeah, um, this will be the the second Don Harry offering that we're covering. 
Um, and yeah, so the, you know, there's the only thing we have right now to, to cover as far as, as album art goes is the cover, because like I said, we don't have the back cover. We don't have any liner notes or what, what it's going to look like. I do have on order the, the LP and the C and the CD, but I saw some people today saying that the, they got emails saying that the CD was going to be delayed um, by an mm-hmm. extra couple of days. So even by, by the time we do part two, which will only probably be a day or two from now, um, they're still not going to have the physical copy. At least I doubt I would. But this album cover, we've talked about this album cover a ton leading up to this, but uh, I we don't unfortunately have the information as to who designed it and all that. Somebody out there probably does, but soon when we get all that information or if Discogs ever updates, we'll have it. But John, what do you think about this cover? I think it's pretty neat. I like the the kind of uh, muted uh, like color palette. Um, <clears throat> you know this. Um, I like that the 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 background is purple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, call back to having you know deep purple having purple on their album cover. The kind of retroish um, uh, logo. And then the the pixelated space guy, I think, is really it's just really cool. It's very detailed. Um, um, yeah, it's just it's a really neat album cover. It's not like overdone or too, I don't know, complicated. It's just um, yeah, I like it. It, it seems very appropriate for current Deep Purple because um, their album covers have been, um, yeah, they just. You know, they weren't, I would say, as, you know, groundbreaking or unusual as they were in the early days. But, you know, they've they've been, uh, I don't know, I guess a little quirky, offbeat. Mm-hmm. It's not just a picture of the band. It's something right. a little different. Yeah, I like that they they did a font that was reminiscent of the original logo. Not quite the same mm-hmm. font. The R is like a little different and the letters are a little different, but it's, it's pretty close. And like we've talked about in a number of episodes, I... I I would rate this among among one of my favorite of their of their album covers. What this album holds inside, there's been contemplation that it's a that's a concept album or that that, that there's a lot of stuff being tied together. Uh, it definitely seems like it's going to be a new, somewhat new direction for them. So I'm really interested to listen to more than uh, what's been released. They released three singles so far. March 20th, they released "Throw My Bones." April 30th, "Man Alive." Those are the only two I've heard. They've also released just a few weeks ago, Nothing at All, on July 10th. I didn't listen to that one because I I figured, you know, hey, I'll just let's save it for the episode. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I will say that I really like Throw My Bones, which is the album opener and the first single. I really liked it. I'm looking on their Wikipedia page for this album, and there's really nothing. It's just, you know, the, the members of the band and... Bob Ezrin, like I just said, something that anyone with a passing knowledge would know. It's got a track listing. It only has times for the three songs that were released. So, um, and it mentions about being postponed due to COVID-19. So uh, very interesting little snapshot there, but not, no information about who did this artwork. But whoever did this album cover, I think top notch, really, really good looking album cover. I'm really liking it. Okay, and it it does definitely kind of summons that uh, Avengers. What is it? Which Avengers is it? The End Game or whatever, where they he snaps his fingers and they the uh, superheroes start disappearing. 
Do you did you see that movie? Oh, uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't, I'm not into comic books. Spoil movies. Sp- or- spoilers. Um, it's so funny because people get like, I, I know like a lot of friends that get super serious about the Marvel movies, like, oh, spoilers. And, you know, it, like there's, and I, I always tell them, I'm like, listen, I don't care. Like I, I grew up on comics and I, I like a lot of those characters, but I was like, I just don't care. There's nothing that you could spoil me on. That's going to happen in one of these movies. And it's always <laughs> funny to me. They're like, when a superhero dies in a movie and everyone's like all sad. Like, it's like, what is wrong with you? You know, they're not dead. Like you just know there's never been a superhero that's died. And then they're just like, well, I guess that's, you know, the, Oh no, Spider-Man died. Oh no. Like there's, they're not going to make another Spider-Man movie now. They're just like, well, he's gone. He had a good run. Uh, it's it's, the property alone is just too valuable. They're not going to kill off Spider-Man. They're not going to kill off Iron Man. I don't care how sad you think it is. They'll be back in the next movie and some, they'll have some (laughs) convoluted reason for time travel or whatever, for why they survived after all. And, um, but anyway, Anyway, they at one point Thanos snaps his fingers and people start like turning into dust and it looks just it looks very similar to this album cover. They just start disintegrating off into the into the air and um, kind of conjures up images of that. So don't be worried about this astronaut. I'm sure that a Doctor Strange will can create some sort of time loop and he'll be okay. All right. So should we? Uh, that's it, man. Should we just get into it? I feel like this is the moment we've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Okay, so first track up, the uh, the title track here, and let me—I don't want you to miss a second of this riff here. So let me share the screen, and uh, that's the uh, opening track. Throw my bones. hearing the bass a lot more clearly than I've heard in previous uh, listens. Yeah, really full sound. Uh, Dean Gillen sounds really good. Sounds great, and double-tracking his vocals in, the, in spots. But I mean, it's like if you... You, you close your eyes. Sounds like Ian Gillen from like the past 20 or 30 years. Yeah, well, he won't go. Like at least at this range, he hasn't lost his voice at all. Nope. It's heavy. Even like the opening riff was very reminiscent of something like uh, maybe Richie would have played, you know.
it's so such a classic Morse solo too. It's great. Yeah. I love those just those little staccato runs that he always throws in his solos just sound great. fade out there i think the music was a little too loud though i had to like yell to talk to you so maybe i can i can kick it down a notch for the next bring it down just a little bit yeah not that i minded it being that loud it's just if i can't hear myself talk to you then that's no bueno no bueno for the for the show so yeah let me yeah i'm my audio settings are kind of more right now adjusted for um the, so- the sounds of the 70s. <laughs> it's not ready for yeah. the uh, compression levels that you get in 2020. <laughs> oh, that's true, yeah. So there we go. Okay, I adjusted it down about 10%. That should hopefully um, help. But yeah, Throw My Bones, the album opener. What do you think about that track? Uh, let me see. Throw My Bones. Where are we? Here we are. Okay. Um. Yeah, good opener. Like that, that opening riff was... Um, mm-hmm really reminiscent of something that like um of like early deep purple like maybe you could you could even hear richie playing it i mean not that steve morris sounds anything like richie but you know it just something something about it sounded really classic purple mm-hmm. um like i said ian gillen's voice is like like eerily unchanged yeah <laughs> like, right like, like and he sounds yeah. like his voice sounds a little different like in the eighties and nineties and beyond than it did in the seventies, but mm-hmm. it still has that same kind of tone to it that he had. Um, like, I guess starting, you know, and um, like the, the early to mid eighties, mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, obviously doesn't have the high register anymore, but I mean, you know, that, that mid register, it's almost, he sounds the same. Yeah. Much like, much like Coverdale too. He's, learned what he can and can't do and he's not gonna he's not he's not gonna try to belt out a a crazy scream like he did in the 70s um or into the 80s and 90s for that matter but um but yeah he's 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 found a good range that works for him they've done some double tracking that sounds really good his voice sounds great he's working he's he's using his his voice the instrument of his voice the best uh to the in, in a smart and economical way and it sounds awesome yeah, really like heavy bass. Um, and it reminds really me a little sound. bit of like uh, like like Ted the Mechanic or something like when it starts off, like it has that kind of like same heavy groove, which I really like. The chorus to me, I, I what I like about it is you get that really heavy groove in the beginning and then the chorus is like very melodic. And I really like mm-hmm. the chord changes. It really reminds me of the chorus of a Beatles song, uh, the song called The Word. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it just every time I hear that, like I when I'm singing it to myself, I'll be I'll sing the chorus. And all of a sudden I'll find myself, you know, ever do that, like you're singing a song. And then all of a sudden you realize you're singing another song now because it kind of has <laughs> yeah. the same. So I find myself yeah. singing th- the word. I'm like, why am I singing that? Oh, because I was just singing Throw My Bones. <laughs> yeah. So what do you what do you rank Throw My Bones? And th- I, I think, we, you know, we're going to do this as a two parter. And I think we'll probably end up coming back to this album again sometime maybe after we get, get a chance to give it some more listens and maybe do a revisit of at least talking about our ratings or talking about things because i don't know about you but if i listen to an album you know if, if i listen to this album today and then i listen to it 25 more times my my thoughts on some of the songs will probably change dramatically and i'll have a new favorite song or um, right you know like I, some songs have a way of really growing on, on you in in the in the scope of how they fit into the album so sure yeah so I'm going to start off by giving this one a 3.5. All right. Um, which um, just to qualify is like my, my rating for just a, an average good song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it was definitely good, you know, nothing wrong with it. Um, just that's, that's my rating. <laughs> I'm going to start off. I might change it. I'm going to give it a four. And I, I and I, again, I don't know if that's because I've listened, this is one I've listened to. I've I've probably listened to this one maybe a dozen times. And then the other song, nothing at all, I've listened to, I think, once. So everything else will be a first listen and the, the score might be adjusted because of that. So right. Uh the next track up has a great title, Drop the Weapon. Hmm. Oh wow. Everybody shouting, working up a sweat, stepping over lines, you know what happened next. I, lo- I love that organ tone. And a bass and guitar and organ are all locked in really well. Multi-track on that vocals is cool. Nice. That that like chorus sounds like it could be off something from their like late '80s output. Yeah, I was gonna say the way the song started off sounded very from the '80s too. Not the production, just the like the songwriting. Yeah, the guitar and then the the organ coming in. It evokes some kind of classic '80s purple. Where the 
Yeah, that percussive orc and backing up the, the solo, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. A classic uh, back and forth solo here. Everybody's getting a chance to show off. Drop your weapon, kick it. Yeah. Drop your gun the other way. Drop the weapon, live Yeah, I wish there's something off of God. I'm trying to think of what album it's on. I don't know if it's like a House of Blue Light or I don't but there's know. something that's really reminding me off, uh, reminding me of off of one of those albums. Yeah, so it kind of goes into that that six eight sort of uh, part in the. I think it's for the chorus, and it starts starts off just kind of <clears throat> like just a four four time signature, I think. And um, yeah, it kind of throws you off with some of the. I don't know if it's the way that pace is playing, but it throws you off in some a little throws you in one direction, thinking they're going, you know, mm-hmm. coming in on a different beat and. You think it's going one way, um, kind of throws you for a loop a little bit there. Drop the weapon. And I'm trying to listen to lyrics, something that you may know that I never do. Um, mm-hmm. so try, cause, because I've heard so much talk about this being a potential concept album. But I, I, I can guarantee you I will not be able to focus well enough to tell you <laughs> if there is a concept and if so, what the concept is. Well, it's definitely like, you know, you can tell your typical quirky Ian Gillen lyrics. Yep. Um, I mean, they just, it's almost like if you hear a guitar tone or, you know, some kind of tone sticking out when you hear Ian Gillen sing, it doesn't even matter what the words are. He just like you, you can just hear what he's saying. You're like, Oh, that sounds like him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not, not his voice, but like what he's saying too, like the lyrics. Um, but yeah, this so far what I'm getting off this album is like, I mean, yeah, they're they're a bunch of older guys, so they're not gonna, you know, go on full blast like 40 years ago. But it's like this is definitely like laid back, like a kind of a slow burn mm-hmm. uh, rocker or rocking album. It's it's very melodic, but it's not it's not like balls out rock and roll. Like that's not what they're about now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got um, more like, like it's, some slight prog elements to it, which I think yeah, I feel like, like Airy brings most of that. The way that he incorporates his organ in a, a way that you know that people say that Deep Purple has always been prog, and I guess it depends. Mm-hmm. My f- feeling or my personal definition of prog d- that feels like 
this feels more more proggy to me than some of the some of the instrumentation like the rest of it's can be very straightforward but sometimes like the things that area will throw in there but like to, for people to listen to in rock and say that that's prog i mean i maybe the definitions just changed over the years uh-huh. but I, I that that to me is not prog but no that's like that's like crazy rock and roll like that's yeah. like that was like a defining album whereas something like this is you know it's a it's a very kind of measured uh tempo it's it sounds very deliberate mm-hmm. which i mean is is fine you know i mean you could still be i i think it leaves more room for them to be um, uh, melodic, as I've already hearing that in the choruses, than it is for them to just kind of like let loose and rip, which I don't think that's really the point of them these days. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm getting anyway so far from the, from the first couple of songs. Yep, for sure. But yeah, it was good. You know, again, good good production and playing and. Cause you could tell too, like they like Gillen's vocals too are like really close up. Like it sounds like this really just kind of like dry production on his vocals. He's really like, you know, his his voice is like it's high in the mix, you know. I you know, I feel like he got really close up to the mic. Um, you know, not a lot of effects. Like you said, there was some like doubling uh or tripling of his vocals, but that's about it. It sounds like it's, you know, not a lot of um not a lot of, you know, a lot of extras on here to like sweeten things up, which is good, you know. Yeah, and and, and that's the good thing about Gil. They're still not, while there may be some more processing involved and they are doing some of the double tracking, there's not like these crazy effects on his voice that'll make you think like, you know, that, that'll distract you from what he's trying to deliver vocally. Right. So. Right. So 3.5. Again. 3.5 drop the weapon i will mirror your 3.5 um and again i'm really looking forward to giving this uh once we complete listening to this whole thing taking a few commutes to work and listening to the whole thing and, and seeing what um seeing how i feel about the album as a whole as a, and seeing mm-hmm. how it grows on me um but so far really it's very solid mm-hmm. and um you you're much more of a bob ezrin uh uh, probably you have probably more knowledge of his work than I do. So you can, if there's any Bob Ezrinisms that are thrown in there, or uh, if you detect anything, you can let me know. I mean, I, the probably the thing I'm most familiar with from him is the wall. Uh, I know that album, like the back of my hand, but other than that, I don't know that I'm, and the other, you know, couple deep purple albums he's done. I don't know that, uh, that I'm, I've heard as much that you have probably. See, that's the thing is, is like, I don't really know that much about his producing style. Like, I know he did, uh, like, he did a ton of stuff with, I know, Alice Cooper, Mm -hmm. uh, which I'm not really into as much. But I mean, I've heard some of his early stuff. And then, of course, like the three albums he did with Kiss, which were all way different. And there's only one of them that I really like, um, which was Revenge. Um, The Elder was um, unusual. Um, and Destroyer, which is, you know, the popular one to like, is actually one of my least favorites, um, Mm -hmm. believe it or not. Um, So when everybody always says that he has this really distinct style, I'm not sure what it is, because he's not really one of my favorite producers. I can't really pick out, you know, um, like you said, Ezranisms, (laughs) Um, except that, you know, he's he's very, you know... um, 
I mean, obviously accomplished and, you know, has done a lot of great things. Oh, he's probably like, yeah, I, one of the know. top living producers out there. I mean, he's yeah, he's absolutely been involved with artists and specific albums that are just legendary. So much stuff that, you know, Aerosmith and uh, Alice Cooper, like you said, uh, Pink Floyd, Deep Purple, uh, Peter Gabriel, um, just uh, all sorts of stuff. Kansas. I, you know, yeah, I, I know that there were some things like vocally, there were some things that he does, like he'll run vocal. I think his kind of songwriting influence is running vocals counter to other vocals. Mm-hmm. Like if you've heard, um, um, like Billion Dollar Babies by Alice mm-hmm. Cooper or like um, School's Out, the kind of like sing-songy, you know, vocals during the breakdowns of the, you know, choruses and stuff. He's done that with Kiss on a couple of albums and stuff. So I think like that's the only thing I can really think of. He co-wrote um, what, what may be my favorite Kiss song. Well, you know what song that is? I Do you have a guess? It's off of what many consider to be maybe not the greatest Kiss album. <laughs> what, the, what, The Elder? Yeah. Well, no, it can't be Odyssey because... <laughs> that's not the, it's not Odyssey. <laughs> because I, Tony Powers wrote that one. Um, I'd, I don't know which one. Come on, you know. A World no, Without Heroes. Know. Oh, yeah, that's right. Love that song. One of my, it's one of my, it's not only one of my favorite Kiss songs, it's one of my favorite songs. Love that song. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it depends what you're, it I, depends on what you're in the mood for, you know. I give, um, I give A World Without Heroes a five. I'm giving it a five. Not that anybody asks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly didn't ask, and I'm the Kiss fan on the Bo- show here. Bonus episode. World Without Heroes, five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, uh, we have a track. Uh, this sounds like a, it's, this sounds like, <laughs> what a, it's called uh, We're All the Same in the Dark. For some reason, that just sounds like one of those uh, schizophrenic rainbow songs where it's like got a richy thing and like <laughs> Ronnie's going to be belting out like, we're all the same in the dark. You know, like just, or, <laughs> it's, it's, it, like, it's it reminds me of that. What's the, um, uh, do you, do, you, do you close your eyes? Like it just, <laughs> yeah, do you it close. sounds like it would be a song like that, but let's see how accurate I am. We're all the same in the dark. Probably. Oh, nice. It's got a good groove yeah, to nice it. Yeah, nice riff. I like this bridge. It's great. Baby, won't you be my friend? And love me right in 
really love the organ tone they're getting on this album. It's, it's, it's reminiscent of that, that old style uh, Deep Purple organ sound, but just a little more crisp. Oh, little tambourine yeah. there, Ian. It's got to be Ian. I like Gillen's vocals underneath this. He's doing it like an ah. Uh, nice. It's funny, he's doing all the backing vocals. <laughs> yes, you know, I feel like now that I said that I don't know what an Ezranism is, I feel like that was part of Ezran's production. Could have been. It's like having him like layer those vocals like that. Nice. Sound almost like John Frusciante for a second there. Not someone who I associate with Steve Morris very often. Yeah, kind of a different solo, but it's it's very Morse, and it it just sounds like it's almost done like halftime. And melting like the summer snow. They're sparing no expense with the double and triple and quadruple tracking for Ian Gillen. Well, you know, that's the thing is, is that even if like, you know, uh, I mean, you don't have to have like a ton of obvious effects on somebody's vocals for it to be edited or autocorrected or whatever. But I mean, it's just like, I, I don't know. I just have a feeling that he still is that good of a singer because you mm -hmm. don't hear him trying to go to the places that he used to go. Um, so it would get edited, you know, or sweetened up like that. And well, he's somebody um, that grew up not having that level of studio trickery, if you want to call it trickery. Maybe that's the wrong word, but yeah, yeah no, I would, was, I would call it that, <laughs> you know, and for Jesus Christ Superstar, he did the entire album in three hours. That's right. Uh, that's a, 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 a fact that never ceases to amaze me that he just went I mean, in there and recorded. I mean, it's 80 minutes of of music for the album. He did his part in three hours. Like, I mean, you know, you also got to think, too, that was like, what, 50 years ago. So. Right. But there, there was no I mean, he probably did everything in one take. There was no, right. oh, we'll, we'll do this in post. It was just like, no, you're going to scream however you want to scream during Gethsemane. And that's what's going to be every, that's what every singer is going to be trying to emulate for the next 50 years. Like end of story. Just, like like he's that, got that like level of discipline and, and, and skill still. Well, I just think that like, you know, 50 
over 50 years and like, you know, thousands and thousands of concerts later, like um, it doesn't sound like he's doesn't sound like there's a lot going on with um, with like overproducing his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's really it's really good. You know, I mean, it's like and and whatever production is going on, which I mean, you know, that there were little edits in there and maybe, um, you know, something has to be autocorrected. I mean, it's it's slight. It's subtle. You know, he sounds natural. Like, I, I would believe that this is him, like, singing. Yep, for sure. Um, uh, Like, unassisted, you know. Like, I feel like uh, even the sound of the album, one of the things for the production, too, is, you know, how I always talk about how I like a big, like, roomy production. Like, you can hear, like, there's, like, depth to the production, too. Like, you hear, like, um, you know, the it sounds like, you know, they're, they're all playing in the same room together. Like you get that ambience from the, from the drums and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and even though the vocal, I think vocals and guitar are mixed like way up front, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. You know, I mean, it's, um, obviously it's there, uh, it's just showcasing all the, you know, the, the, the talents of the, the musicians. Yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure, I mean, of course, like I, like a lot of stuff with this episode, there'll be stuff that comes out afterwards. So we might look like fools, but I'm pretty sure that, that that their process, and at least for this album and probably albums before this is that they all play live together. They might overdub mm-hmm. a guitar solo uh, and the vocals are most likely overdubbed after or afterwards. Cause that's just makes Smith sense in the studio. Um, so yeah, you get that feeling when, and I know when I was in the studio, we would always try to do the same was just, try to get the the band to play together as much as possible because you get you get a feeling that you can't necessarily emulate if everyone's laying down one track after another so mm-hmm. so right. i give this one a four. Oh, great yeah this is like the first one that i really i really dig and i i think a lot of it is because of gillen's vocals mm-hmm. um and plus the fact that um, even though you said it's a really Morse type of solo, it's like, it's not that overdriven. Like, yeah. you know, it's almost, it almost sounded like he was like kind of chicken picking a little mm-hmm, bit, you mm-hmm. know, he was doing something a little different for this song. Like it wasn't, he's like, you know what, I'm going to take a left turn and instead of doing a standard rock solo, I'm going to do something a little and mix it up, which I think is always fun. I saw some, you know, the perpetual, and I, I hesitate almost to bring this up, but these Facebook groups, where they talk about deep purple and it's the same thing. Every, every, somebody says something about deep purple. And then another person says, it's not deep purple. If there's no Richie Blackmore and the same tired argument that goes on and on and on. Um, and somebody was saying, uh, something complimentary about Steve Morse. I was like, Oh, Steve, Steve Morse is a great player, but he sounds like every other player that's really skilled. He does no style of his own. And that's why I like Blackmore because Blackmore is a distinct style. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I feel like Steve Morris has such a distinctive style. Like, like I've talked about it uh, on many episodes. It's just that he like does those, he does those great bends, but he, he also does a lot of those really like palm muted staccato little runs up and down the fretboard. And I, I would never loop him in with any of the, more generic shredders while he's got the skill for sure to be able to do all of that. I feel like he's got such a distinctive style and I love the way that he plays. So I don't know where that comes from. I think it comes from people not honestly, not really listening to him Mm -hmm. because you could, uh, you could say that any just, you know, 
just pick a style of music or a musician or whatever. And they'd just be like, Oh, they all sound like everybody else. But I mean, you could like Tommy Bolin, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like, if you play Tommy Bolin for somebody that doesn't know who he is, they just hear a, a guy playing guitar. But if you sit down and you listen to the albums he was on, uh, just like you've listened to admittedly a lot more Steve Morris than I have, but I still pick up on his style and everything you'll hear like the tone and like the, you know, the little things that they always do. Uh, like you were talking about his, you know, uh, the staccato type of stuff that he does. I can even pick up on his, like, you know, his tone. It was like, you know, I, I call it kind of an overdriven, you know, uh, type of tone. It sounds like he's using like a neck pickup mm -hmm. um, just from a guitar standpoint. It's just kind of like Tommy Bolin, how we know that, you know, he, he always does that, <laughs> you know, when he goes into a solo, that's just like a thing he does. Or like with Richie, you know, you can, you know, just be like, oh, that's, that's so Richie. Like when he's playing a, you know, a, um, he's just, you know, like riding the, the octaves during like, you know, his, his rhythm playing where he's like, you know, da -dun 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 -dun, you know, mm -hmm. like that type of stuff. And I mean, yeah, there's a million different things, but it's like, I just feel like anybody that says that a guitar player like him is just generic or they don't, you know, they, they just haven't heard enough of his stuff. Yeah. Or, or I they're think. just parroting what they've heard other people say and not necessarily think, right, after, thinking for themselves hearing yeah they're, they're, right after not hearing any of their stuff they just hear other people say it and they're like oh i'm just gonna jump on board and say well it's just good. like all the knuckles no no black more no purple or whatever it's just like you've just heard other people say that and that's why you're saying it you, you just you know whatever well, no, <laughs> no black more for 27 years still purple yeah it's yeah the oh, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're almost getting to the halfway point where they will have been morse will have been in the band for longer than longer than blackmore had been in, or the band had existed until that point you know it's just oh, whatever we go I, we, I just think that like you know yeah we could go down this road like all night but i mean you know the point being is is that it's just like um you know the the you know these the the current lineup of course stands on the stands on the shoulders of those who came before them including sure. you know Nikki and Rod, um, you know everybody was there before nobody's saying they're not important but the the point being is that they're not here now so it's right. like you know if you love the history then like this is part of the history like this is where purple is today and you know what they wouldn't have gotten there if they didn't they didn't start and they didn't have all those different phases yeah so. and if case you're if you're wondering if it's deep purple let's just check again real quick what does it say on that album cover oh yeah deep purple okay just <laughs> just wanted to uh just wanted to make sure i was you know that we weren't mm. reviewing some other band here um okay so what do you what do you give it oh yeah what do you give it? <laughs> i'll give it a 3.5 but i have a funny feeling that on 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 listening to this album again and again that this could probably easily bump up to a four i really like mm -hmm. it i love what they're i love that Gillen is doing more in recent years with his vocals as far as double tracking and stuff. It, it really keeps things interesting and shows the musicality and the, and the writing behind what he does. And I think a lot of people can easily discount a singer say like, Oh, they just show up and write lyrics or whatever, but it's not easy being a singer. And it's especially someone of his caliber and for him to get creative like this and, and do all these harmonies. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It sounds great. Well, that's the other thing too. I mean, at, at their at their age, and also at that point in their career, they're like one of the only kind of well known bands that I can think of. I'm sure there are a lot more that I don't know that are still releasing new music. When there are so many people saying, "Bah, there's no point," and 
writing a new album. It's not, you know, we're not going to make any money off of it. What's the point? Nobody, it's, you know, these are all the songs people are going to go to the bathroom when, you know, we <laughs> play them in concert, you know, who cares? They don't give a shit. They're people just, people, still people will be music. so happy to be at a concert again if they do go and they, they won't go to the bathroom. They'll just pee in their pants because they'll just be so happy to just stand there and be at a concert again. <laughs> um, but you got to you got to hand it to these guys. They're all like they're all legends and they're all still yeah. putting out new music. And, you know, so, and, you know, and support them. You know, don't just don't just listen to this on Spotify if you want to support the band. And, you know, not that anyone in Deep Purple is going to go hungry. But, um, you know, I bought the <laughs> I bought the digital album. I bought the physical CD and I bought the LP because it's like why not you know how how often do i have a chance to give any money to deep purple given how much of their stuff i already have so um mm -hmm. try to support them if you can you know if you've got to take a a, a a couple months off of being our, a patron support the band it's 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 important and you know i think it's really important to buy things the way that artists want you to buy them too and i i don't think there's many art artists that want you to only listen to them on Spotify because they don't, it's it's a complete loss for the artists. Probably great for Spotify, but not so great for the artists. Okay. What's the next song? Oh, Nothing At All. That's the name of the song. Nothing At All. So let's check this one out. Oh, yep. This is the, the second uh, single that they released. Love that little trade-off between the guitar and the organ. Makes Sound me familiar think of a Christmas song. A cri <laughs> I don't yeah. know what. I can hear that. It does sound like it could be a Christmas song. I, I don't know why. That's really cool. It's got that kind of like little, those little melody lines are very classic, deep purple, very classical sounding. Yeah, yeah. Very old school, deep purple. But in a much more mellow way, it sounds like almost kind of, almost like the uh, little interlude on Burn or something, but, but put in a, a more mellow song. That's really fun. Yeah, and you, <laughs> you really um, just the musicianship of all these guys. It's 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 always yeah. easy to take it for granted, but listening to Morse play that talked about this before. Like sometimes you hear something you're like, oh, I kind of know what he's doing there. No clue what the hell Morse could possibly be doing there. I would love to see him play it yeah. because it, it sounds alien to me. It makes you wonder if if Ari had come up through that on the keys and Morse learned it on the guitar because it doesn't sound like something you should be playing on a guitar.
Like the guitar completely fades back for this. I have a given Don Airy uh, little showcase. Yeah, like going off time there too. It's interesting. That's where you kind of get those. That's where that's where I get the proggy elements from. Stuff like that. Is he using some sort of delay on his guitar? Is he just playing that? It seems impossible. This to me is so much more impressive than any level of like shredding or tapping. It's just to be able to play an intricate melody line like that is. Oh, yeah, it's great. What's well, more interesting? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is something you'd be humming later or kept. You're not going to be uh, doing that with a finger tapping solo generally. Because that is very kind of complicated, but you can still kind of hum it, like yeah, or at least like Like you can, you're, you're maybe yeah, if not you, if you can do that with your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're probably not doing it with like every um, every single note, but you, like it's it's a it's a nice little melody line. But you but you can remember it. Whereas mm -hmm. like you know when you're talking about shredders, it's just like you do the same thing. You got to. <laughs> you don't you know, listen to like, like a, you don't listen to a Michelangelo Batio uh, song, and then you later on you're like, <laughs> oh, I love that part. It was so it was it was so. Um, I love the part where he goes. <laughs> it's like all right, yeah. Something like I have a like a mouthful of peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> but. But again, this was like, I, you know, I really, now I'm into like, like the, the, the album is just really full and, and rich sounding. Yeah. It's uh, it exactly the word I was going to use. It, it sounds, it just sounds so good, you know, regardless of, and I think like there's, there's songs and albums and things I can listen to where it's like, I don't really care for the songwriting or I don't care for the songs, but I can appreciate the good production. And I think anyone would be able to listen to this or anyone that's like, you know, into music at, and a, on a production level could listen to this and know that it just sounds very well produced. And absolutely. And that, but that being said, I think the songwriting on it is, is some of the best songwriting I've, I've heard from them in years. And also the, the, uh, the title makes me think of, uh, that, uh, that, um, the, the Simpsons episode where Flanders was wearing the skin tight ski outfit. <laughs> Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. Maybe that was the inspiration behind the song. And then Homer's like, stupid, sexy Flanders. <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't. It sounds he great. Ski, he goes skiing up to him and he's got this, you know, skin tight <laughs> ski outfit on when they're both at a ski slope to cut down on wind resistance. And he goes, it feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. And he starts shaking his ass and Homer's like, oh no. And then he like turns around and like 
goes flying down the hill. <laughs> and all he can think of in this thought bubble is like Flanders shaking his ass going, nothing at all. Nothing at all. And he's like, stupid, sexy Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well now that will be what i always associate with the song <laughs> i mean i'm sure all simpsons fans do which you know a lot of them have to be around our age at this point but um but all in all like uh, a great song on its own um i give that one a four because again great production and it just really uh, good songwriting and it really evokes like that early classic purple but not the um experimental like out there like you know on the on the fringe you know like mm-hmm. frantic sounding like that's not this album at all but there are just so many good elements like maybe rain i guess you can call them reined in elements mm-hmm. of classic purple in here you know just the fact that they're doing this stuff that sounds really kind of classical really old school i i like it Proggy, I guess you could say. Yeah, those two melody lines, like I said, like, or it's almost like a taking the same sort of feeling and and that little kind of almost, I don't know if I'm using the term correctly, but that almost Baroque sounding melody Mm -hmm. lines and putting it in a song that's like of a, of a much more mellow nature or, or lower, slower tempo. Um, it it really works well. It's, it's, it's great that, like you said, they can, capitalize on that classic purple trope but yet turn it into something completely different and i will also give this one a four and i feel like the first time i and i've only listened to this one once and i think the first time i heard it i maybe i wasn't paying close attention enough but i don't feel like i liked it as much that time as i do the second time so um all right the next song up is called no need to shout. What's that from you? Well, you don't need to yell. Or is that from like, is that like, a, what's it? What's his name? Uh, John Lovitz. Wasn't that like a Saturday Night Live thing? You don't need to yell. Maybe. Anyway, you don't need to yell. No need to, sh- no need to shout. Oh, that sounds lordy. Classic. Yeah, that's another thing too. Don Airy is not trying to be a John Lord clone. Nope. He's got his own style for sure. Yep. Yeah, this has got that reunion Mark II feel to it as well. That's a nice riff. Actually, kind of sounds a little bit like Stormbringer, you know. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, a little bit. Yeah, I can hear that. I mean, maybe just the uh, just the rhythm. It sounds like there's other vocals in this one, not just Gillen. Maybe. I mean, we saw him in concert. You saw that, like, him, Morris, and Glover were all singing together during one song, so maybe they did some backup. It could be. Oh, listen to that. 
a piano. Oh, it's awesome. Piano solo. There we go. Little <laughs> Gershwin. <laughs> I love Don Airy. <laughs> I don't usually listen to lyrics, but sometimes they do jump out at me. ending that oh. with a little authority oh that kicked that kicked some ass i i, I love how i i like that he's got uh gillen that is has like a lot of like playfulness in his vocals he's doing a lot of like <laughs> and yeah and like uh, or you know he's like throwing in those little i oh, love he, when yeah, he does like, stuff like that yeah he yeah he always does and he doesn't sound like he really lost it so stop doing it all right no need it's to shout what do you cool. think um, 3.5. Um, I, I definitely thought it was good, but you know me, I like the, I like the rockers. Mm -hmm. Uh, this one was, um, um, it was, it was interesting. Um, I still thought it was good. Um, yeah, but, um, I just think it was, uh, it was just average good. Um, but you know, like I said, I think that like in part two, we're probably going to go back and maybe I feel like we could this could be the one episode we can come back and revisit. Yeah, so we'll have, we'll have one episode for the, the front half of the album and a second episode for the back half. And then, you know, who knows, maybe in a couple months we can revisit it and just kind of talk about, like, how after listening to it a few more times, what do you think? But uh, Well, yeah, because to be fair, most of these albums we've heard that we've reviewed, we've heard so many right. times that we already have feelings about them. So Yeah, there's only a few that we've done so far where... The, I think the only one that neither of us had heard was the Dream Theater made in Japan, but that didn't necessarily count because we yeah. knew <laughs> we knew the material. We were just really super impressed with that band doing it. Um, right. And then there, there was a couple that like you were more familiar with or I was more familiar with. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, these these are albums we've been listening to for 30 years. So, um, yeah, it's 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 definitely interesting doing this to something that's so brand new. Um, I will, I'm, I'm on the fence with this one, but I'm going to give it a four because I mm -hmm. really like that riff and just kind of, I like that even though there's, I mean, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of songs on this album, but 
so far there's not a lot of long songs you know mm-hmm. three and a half four minutes um nothing crazy long so let me see if i can can i uh um see if i can add the time here uh length there we go um yeah the longest song on this album is five five i'm sorry 539 and then there's a 535 everything else is for the most part four and a half minutes three and a half minutes so that that's good it's they're not falling into that trap of having 13 tracks and they're all six minutes long each thanks uh, but the runtime of this whole album is uh 51 minutes so what was uh what was coverdale page that was 60 minutes yeah, so we're yeah close. And Coverdale, but Coverdale Page was eleven tracks. This is thirteen tracks, and it's ten minutes shorter, essentially. So yeah, um, so, so definitely more songs, less less long. Yeah, more songs, less long. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's what, I'm, that's what I'm, I'm sticking with that. No need to shout. So should we cut it off at this next one? Should this be our last track for tonight? Yeah, I think that would be that would make things bite size for our yeah, and then fatigued listeners. <laughs> The next, yeah, the next time we'll go, the next ep- next episode, which we'll probably record in a day or two, will be uh, the back half of the album. And then we could talk about maybe, you know, two days from now, we might have, there might be a little bit more out as far as reviews and stuff like that. So um, this last track and our speculation had been a while back, I don't know if you remember, is that this, what if, what if this was a New Kids on the Block cover? Because this song is called Step by Step. <laughs> Um, it would be interesting if they threw in a cover from new of new kids on the block. Let's see if it is, or if it's an original, uh, we can finally answer that question. It's been killing me for months now. So here we go. Step by step. Nope. Not a new oh, kid. Yeah, that's, that's, that's new kids. <laughs> and KOTB all the way. <laughs> Classic new kids. <laughs> you know, they always have like, you know, a, uh, just a, like a grand organ in there. <laughs> grand church organ. This is very, very dark sounding. It's a really different song for them. Almost like a little little Bach fugue thrown in there for a couple bars.
while. Pretty good number of fade outs on this album. Wow. I think one thing's for sure. I want to hear New Kids on the Block cover this. No, they can <laughs> they can stay away. <laughs> that was that was really uh that was different. That uh, was uh, that yeah. Really made me think of like an updated version of something that you would have found on like maybe the first couple of Deep Purple albums. You know what I mean? Like just Think about like the the creaky old production, mm-hmm. Rod singing. You know, I think a lot of it has to do with the keyboards. Yeah, because you don't really hear that type of stuff in rock, like that in rock music that that um, that they did back then. And I think they're kind of bringing it back a little bit in their sound, like calling back to that early Purple before any of them were even well, except for Ian Pace, he was in all of it. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was um, pretty, pretty different. I think to them, pretty different, but a little familiar, maybe. Yeah, it does sound kind of like some of those instrumental, like that. Um, I think it's in April that, like, the instrumental interlude that John Lord does, mm-hmm. that has a similar That's like a, organ yeah. sound to that. Um, mm-hmm. Does seem like kind of a throwback, but it's 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 out there. It's very. Um, I don't even know what the right word is, but it's, 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 it's a different, it's, it's like a sort of a different style and it seems it's experimental. And I, I like that they're trying something new. Mm-hmm. Unique. Yeah. All right. What do you think about step-by-step? Step? Um, I'll give it a three. Um, I like, you know, all, all things being said, you know, it's, um, it didn't grab me like the other songs, but mm-hmm. I definitely give it points for being, like you said, kind of original, yeah, it's a throwback. So Yeah, know. and it's it's a little jarring, like it in that it switches up. I couldn't tell if they were going to like one bar of five four, but it was it seemed to be like in six eight, and then there was that one thing I was trying to count along with the lyrics and everything, but it sounded like they were going to like a maybe a one bar of five four, or maybe it was just mm-hmm. they were doing something different with the rhythm to switch it up, but it was a little harder to tap your toes along to. Um right. But I'm going to give it a 3.5 on the strength of the not only the playing of Don Airy, but the, the, the particular keyboard sound he had in that 
interlude. Mm. Um, I thought it was really, it was almost like a kind of a haunting sound. Um, yes. And I really, really, really liked it. Um, a lot. I would love to know on a technical level what was going on, like what the heck he was doing with that, because it sounds really cool. We should have interviewed him after the album came out. Um, maybe we can interview him again. It's funny, somebody uh, inter- released an interview of him today. And he was sitting in the ex- like the exact same spot, the exact same shot that when we interviewed him. So I thought they had posted our interview, but then I realized, <laughs> oh, we never put the we never put the video up. Uh, <laughs> so I saw the shot and I was like, oh my god, somebody has our video. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, three point five. Um, yeah. So that takes us to the end of six tracks. There's seven more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seven more tracks. So we've gone through so far 20, th- 23 minutes of the album, and we've got about 28 minutes left. Um, That's fair. That's a good split right there. Yeah, pretty pretty good split, uh, but as close as we can get. Either way, one 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 episode would get a few more minutes worth of music. But next next week, we'll probably just jump right. So we won't have the stuff to cover beforehand. We'll jump right into the remaining songs. I say next week, but, um, but next <laughs> tomorrow next or whenever. <laughs> uh, and yeah, this this episode will come out on a uh, on a weird on a Friday, which is unusual on the day the album comes out. And then the, the follow up will, uh, will be uh, the following Monday on our normal show day. So you'll get part two on our normal show day. And we'll wrap up this album and talk about, you know, anything that's come out in the in the last couple of days since the album came out. And um, it should be a couple of shorter episodes. But overall, you're getting more Deep Purple podcasts this week. More bang for your buck. Hi-yo. Especially if you're a patron. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that's uh, that covers the first roughly half of of Woosh so far. I'm very pleasantly surprised. And very happy yeah, with what we've been hearing. I'm looking forward to hearing the other. Actually, the tough part tough. is I'm going to have to not listen to the rest of these tracks until we talk mm. tomorrow or the next day. But that's yeah. all right. I'll, I'll listen to maybe I'll just put the first six tracks on repeat and listen to that. <laughs> all right, then um, I will see you in a day or two. We'll finish yeah, up this we'll album. See you for the second half. Awesome. All right. Have a good one. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also give us a rating on iTunes to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. Flanders? That suit's a little revealing, isn't it? Well, it allows for maximum mobility. Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Quit it! Stupid sexy Flanders!